You're listening to the Mind Your Business podcast. In today's episode, we're gonna show you how to actually build a profitable online business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. The episode you're about to listen to is one of five in a powerful business transforming series that we have put together for you called Down to Business. It's an in-depth, inside look under the hood of how we run an eight-figure company at a high level of performance with a high profit margin. And as you dive into this episode, I wanna help you get the most out of this powerful series. When you head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB, that's mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB for down to business, you're gonna get your hands on a free accompanying workbook called the 5X Your Business Performance Workbook designed to help you implement and integrate the exercises and training that we've provided for you in these five episodes. So head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB right now, grab that workbook and enjoy the episode. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Jelly Cedeno. And welcome to the Mind Your Business Podcast, the show where we help you think like a successful entrepreneur so you can experience being a successful entrepreneur. And this is a brand spanking new segment that we're doing here on the podcast called Down to Business. That's right. It needs like a it needs like a jingle. Like <laughs> down, don't down. getting down to business. Sure. (laughs) This is a series on the invisible, slightly unsexy, and definitely undiscussed topics that really become the mechanisms and the factors that are absolutely 100% without a shadow of a doubt essential for you if you want to experience any actual true lasting business success. These are the things that are not really talked about because it's like what most people are doing is they're looking on social media. You know, you guys have heard this by now by so many people, right? And you see all the pretty pictures. You see the perfect life, you know, the perfectly curated business. And that's fantastic. And you say, I want that. And then maybe you've heard of things like Tony Robbins talks about like modeling and NLP talks like, okay, I'm going to model that. But you're modeling a veneer. You're modeling that 5% that you see on the outside. And how do you model the part that you can't see? So I'm gonna give you guys a metaphor. It's like a car. I've always used a car as a great metaphor for your business. We buy a car predominantly based on emotions because no, 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 no. There's this utility factor of the need I have to go from point A to B. It's like, great, then go get a Pinto. You know what I mean? Like you can go buy a $500 car and it will get you from point A to B. So why do people spend a quarter of a million dollars? Why do people go out and buy some stupid $120,000 stupid (laughs) Tesla, right? Dumb, right? Because 
we're emotional creatures and that car represents so much more to so many people, whether it's Mm -hmm. status or luxury, or I want to show off to my neighbors or, you know, whatever it is. Right. So let's look at our business like that for a moment, because you wouldn't buy a $120,000 car if it didn't work. Like if you open up the hood and there's no engine in there, no motor, you wouldn't want it. Right. So you need both. It needs to have the function utility aspect of it. And then it's like this, wow, this beautiful branding, the cover, the paint, the interior. Oh, oh, it just feels so good, right? So it's about having both. And what a lot of people are doing, it's almost like building a house of cards. They've got the nice looking car metaphor. And then you pop open the hood. Oh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing or like... Is there like a mouse in there, a hamster on a treadmill? <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> running this whole thing, right? And I want to look under the hood of your car and be like, damn, that's amazing. And that's what we want to talk about in this new series is what's under the hood. And that's something we really pride ourselves on is what we've got under the hood that makes the business run smooth like clockwork, you know, efficient, not loud and smelly and smoky and clunky, right? And that's what we're going to talk about. But, you know, if we're only following and modeling what someone is doing on the outside, oh, they have uh, purple paint on their car, I'll get purple paint. And they have leather seats, I'll get leather seats. Then you're not looking at the stuff that actually drives the business. Is that, you think we nailed that metaphor? Yeah, I think that that exactly explains what's happening, what's going on exactly. Yeah, so that's what we want to that's what we want to help with you, and we'll keep it fun and, and light and fancy. And this is the stuff that we bring to our high level clients all exactly, the time, exactly. and it's really like the juice mm-hmm. that matters. So stay tuned. It's, it's the juice. Biggest thing, actually, implement the stuff that we're going to be talking about as well. I think that's the biggest mistake that I see entrepreneurs make is learning this. And it's like, oh, this sounds great, but you know, maybe my business isn't ready for this type of stuff yet. But no, get this stuff started in the beginning, no matter what stage you're at, start now. And I promise you'll thank us later. My business isn't ready. And then you wake up one day and you're like, why didn't I learn this stuff? Right, it's gonna be a lot harder to clean up when it is quote unquote ready than just starting now. It really is. Another metaphor we can use is like what we see with like social media and stuff is, is like a play or a musical. When if you've ever gone, especially like Broadway, I used, used to love going to see Broadway musicals. And there's what gets presented to the audience out on stage, and how long are they rehearsing and practicing, and on top of the years of of their own acting craft that they've perfected, and then how long it took to write a script and turn that into the actual musical. The amount of work that went into that. I don't know what is it ninety minute or so production, but that's all that you see. You also don't see the chaos and the flurry of activity that's happening behind mm-hmm. scenes as they they get off the stage and they're rushing to change outfits and someone's throwing this at them while they drop in this and oh, we forgot this and da 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 and all the stuff that people don't see. And we're just trying to create what's on the stage and most people are not really looking at what may be missing in how we work behind the scenes as well. Mm-hmm. That's really what this, and we're really trying to share with you how important this is. And the last thing I'll say here before we get into today's episode, because what we're going to start with first is money. 
and profit. And these things are absolutely essential if you want to continue having a business. But I've had so many examples over the years of clients that have what we like to call marketer math. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, I made good money here. Look at, I got a six figure business or I'm at a seven. And when, you know, they get honest and vulnerable with you, you find out really fast they're either not profitable or they're losing money or just very razor thin, like mm -hmm. unhealthy, not lean. I don't know what the opposite of lean would be, businesses. And you're gonna find out today that this is very common and we're just like, is what something we really help our members with, our, our, especially in the mastermind level. It's just like, there's just no excuse for this. And this is so fixable and this is so doable. I've been there, so I get it. In the line of work that we're all in, we can have a very healthy profit margin like at any level. So we're gonna talk about all that stuff. But when I saw how prevalent it was, at people that are making multiple six figures, like we have to start talking about this because this is serious. And there's a lot of bad advice and a lot of advice that is just not including these conversations. And so people, you're gonna find out some of the things that you may be doing that is causing you to be not keeping the money that you're making. And even if you're like, well, I just did 10,000 last year. That was how much I made. And we've had people like that, but that's set. We've, we know people that have gone from 10,000 to hundred K in the next year. Like it's set you up for that. But if you're about to go into this next year, shooting for that five X, 10 X goal, but you're operating the same way you did at 10 K, you could get to hundred K and, and make less money than you did the year before. That's so true. And I was profitable at hundred K. I was paying for an assistant at 100K. Like I was living on my own. I was fine at 100K business. And then we have people that are at like half a million to a million that are like, there's nothing to show for it. And that we got to fix that. So that's what this series is really about for you guys. This is going to be some of the most important topics because we run, we're very proud of this. We run a very healthy, very lean, very efficient business. And it's a lot of stuff that we do behind the scenes that most people don't talk about because it isn't fun and sexy. So we're gonna make it sexy. So I'm gonna start stripping as I go. No, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> but is it sexy now? <laughs> Am I sexy yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, but you know what? Profit is sexy. So if you don't think it is, then you shouldn't be in your own business. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about the way that we've set things up over the years is we've set things up to become even more profitable as we grow. Absolutely, which I think is like a big distinction. Absolutely, yes. So are you guys ready to get into this? Are you ready? Let's do this. We're I'm ready. Gonna, we're going to talk about the primary goal. Okay. What is the goal? What is the function of your business? And you're going to see that there's kind of like two goals, but there is a primary goal and that's money, making and keeping money. This is what we call profit. And there's a lot of people, and that's fine if that's you, that sit there and want to poo-poo that and say, it's not about making money, this isn't about money, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And we're going to help create a better distinction that doesn't invalidate that stance. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, you don't have to want money, need money, blah, 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 but your business needs it. Money is a tool, and that money goes to pay for things that the business requires in order to stay alive. Just like a car requires gasoline in order for it to go. And you could sit there and say, I don't like gasoline all day long and I'm not gas greedy all day long, 
but that does not matter because your car needs the gas to run. And there are certain things that if you had that money, you could use to fuel more growth, more of the things that you do want. And if you're trying to be this altruistic person and prove to the world, I don't care what they think, I don't care what anyone thinks, but I wanna prove to everybody that I don't care about money, that's great, but how is that sacrificing the growth of your business, the health of your business, the tools, the resources, the people that could be fueling the mission that is the thing that you do care about? This is an innate, intimate relationship between transformation and transactions. And if you do one without the other, you're missing a vital piece. And this is why we have to talk about this. And if you're still at the end of this episode, like, no, I don't care about money, then go start a nonprofit. Mm. And even those need money. Yeah. That's why they raise money. So we have a lot of work to do for some of us about recreating our relationship with money, which is why we created the Mind Your Money 31-day training program because a lot of people want to jump into business and still keep a really unhealthy relationship with money. That's what it is. It's unhealthy because it doesn't align with the goals you want. What do you want to do? I want to grow my business. Well, what do you mean by grow your business? Well, I guess that means make more money, but I have a poverty employee-based mindset. Money is the root of all evil. It's bad. It's greedy. It's taking from other people, you know, all that type of stuff, but I want to grow a business. You know, that's like, to me is like saying, I want to go surfing, but I don't want to get wet. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. You can't do it. Okay. So we got to talk about this stuff. We have a lot to go over. Okay. So First off, what, one of the things I start working with all of my entrepreneurial students, especially in BBD, Business by Design, is we want to look at your business like a machine, okay? It's a machine, okay? You are not your business. You are the creator of your business machine. And so that isn't you. And it's really hard to get that and embody that when you are a personal brand business. Your face is on everything. You're basically selling yourself. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's not you. You're building a machine. When you can separate yourself from that, you separate your identity, you, you don't take things as personal, you try things a little bit more, you're the, you're the third-party observer, scientist, experimenter. Let's try this. Will this work? Let's create a new hypothesis, right? So we, we really want to push that point home, and you'll see why in a moment, okay? You're creating a machine that creates and keeps money. So I know this is going to sound a little simplistic, but when we talk about business, the first goal is for a business, the function of the business is to generate profit. So how do we do that? You make money when you sell something, okay? You keep that money when you spend less or the business spends less than what you make. I know that's like, duh, <laughs> but we have to start here because I've literally had clients that I started working with and they hadn't made money in 18 months. And the only reason they hadn't made money despite how hard they were working is because they hadn't sold anything. Mm. So first goal and focus of the business is to generate a profit. And you will make that profit when you sell something. That's how you make money. And you keep it, profit, when you are spending less than what you made. Okay, really simple, but we have to start there. And the goal is to create a machine that is doing that for you, okay? Now, that's the 101 stuff, right? So now we're gonna talk about 
if for everybody out there that is some type of personal brand, you're an authority or an expert, thought leader, and whatever coach, we're going to talk about a, a very powerful distinction that we're just going to call the partnership that creates or runs or manages the machine. There are two roles that most of you will be filling and you didn't realize it. Okay. The personal brand and the CEO. Now, what we call is the digital CEO. So, when we start to create these distinctions in the business, things are going to get cleared up really fast. You are creating a business that is a machine, and then there are roles or seats that need to be filled. And really, the first two seats that need to be filled is the personal brand, which is the you that people see when you're out on stage, when you're on social media, and then there's the you that's the CEO. Now, can there be other options where you are the CEO and you have a personal brand? Absolutely. There are partnerships. We've worked with people that are partnerships. I know many examples of clients that we've had where one person is really the CEO and the driver of everything. And then either their spouse or a business partner is the face. Mm -hmm. But most of us don't have that luxury. That is what I have been. I am the personal brand and I'm also the digital CEO of our company. Okay. These are our distinctions and we're going to start to create the definitions around them. The personal brand, that's the face. That is the person that gets the exposure. They're the person on the spotlight. They're the person that has that is sharing the message, the content. They are the person changing lives. They're the person that you go, man, I really resonate with them. I love their teaching style. I just, there's something about them. This is the emotional and magnetic aspect that you are drawn to when you look at other personal brands, okay? So even in a great example, Elon Musk, even though we're in a completely different industry, he has positioned himself, and a lot of companies don't do this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, think of, what's a random company? Like Nike, for yeah, example. Yeah, like I, most people don't know who is who is the face of Nike. I mean, they, they use athletes, right? Yeah. But who's the CEO? I'm embarrassed, I don't know. I don't, but I don't I'm, know uh, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> really a Nike. Nike person. So yeah, who, where's John Nike? Yeah. <laughs> But you see that with Elon Musk and if, you know, and that's really smart on what he's doing because he can go start another business, which you've seen him do. And then all of a sudden people follow him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I've always, I've been saying this for a long time, your best investment, as we got into more like looking at wealth and investments, your best asset is your relationship with your audience mm -hmm. as a personal brand. That's all, I mean, to invest in that is always going to yield the biggest ROI because you take yourself and that relationship with you wherever you go. So that's a personal brand. I have a personal brand. This podcast is part of that personal brand. Like, hey, I am in the role of personal brand right now. You're experiencing me as the personal brand that we, you know, outward facing to our right. audience, right? And then there is another role that we call the digital CEO. This is the head honcho or head honcha uh, <laughs> that is focused on the vision of the company, the making money. And the profit, this is the person that is responsible for the health of the company, the growth of the company, making sure it works, the leadership of the company. This is two completely different roles. And, and if you can't see that yet, then that's part of the problem. But as I'm describing roles, here's a person that gets out on stage, whether it's a social media stage and in-person stage, a podcast, a YouTube video, and says, I'm gonna create a connection. I'm gonna provide value. I'm gonna build a relationship and we're gonna take the next steps together. 
versus somebody who's sitting there looking at the org chart, looking at the vision, looking at the numbers, looking at the at the profit, looking at where we're going, looking at those big high level decisions. Those are two different roles. I didn't say they have to be two different people. You can have one person in multiple roles, but they are two different roles, which means they're two different functions that exist. And if you've collapsed them and you're kind of just only doing one or you've ignored one, you're in big trouble. And this is where fixing our profit and money problems really starts. Yeah. And you're a really good example of how well you kind of interchange the two. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Like serious James, CEO James and, you know, personal brand James are both super fun and awesome. But like CEO James, for example, he deals with things like leading and mentoring the team, thinking about strategy, obsessing over data, saying no to things that could be quote unquote cool for the personal brand or build the personal brand taking time with the team to brainstorm ideas, make tough decisions. But personal brand, James, is more like more being managed by the team and what the team and business totally. needs. They manage me. Yeah, yeah. So it's like doing the things like photo shoots, filming, Instagramming, being mm-hmm. silly, goofing off, kind of like the morale stuff. But most importantly, creating the content that only you can create. But mm-hmm. I love the distinction. It's like kind of like the personal brand is being the logo and the model. Versus like Nike, for example, it's like you're the logo and right. the saying and everything right. and the athlete versus the CEO that doesn't even like show up to the photo shoots. Yes. Um, here's some more distinctions or examples in the distinctions. People get bored. Oh, I've taught this so many times. Mm. I'm so sick of teaching it. That's the personal brand. Yeah. And the CEO has the discipline that says, well, it's finally starting to take off and We've only scratched the surface of how far this can go. I don't care how bored you are. Your business is not here to entertain you. Do it again. Right. Your machine's not done yet. (laughs) And you'll see a lot of discipline and consistency from us. And that is the CEO from us saying, no, just do it again. We don't need to recreate it. Let's do the same thing again and reach new audiences. Let's do it over and over again because that's how the CEO thinks. Let me give you another example. At our highest level, we run a mastermind. I want to talk about the mastermind for a second, okay? Because we just went through the renewal process. We had the most people ever apply at, at the highest level, highest caliber applicants we've ever had. We're very excited for this year's group. And now an over $10 million a year company, the mastermind is less than like 7% of mm-hmm. our revenue. It is the most time-consuming, lowest revenue generating, and lowest profit margin income stream of the entire company. From a CEO standpoint, it does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does not make sense. So why does he do it? Well, there is the personal brand aspect of the vision, the fulfillment, and the purpose piece that in that room, I get my cup filled up the most. That is where I feel the most fulfillment and you know experience of making a difference because I'm working with leaders in that room that go and touch thousands upon thousands of lives. And so that is really where the heart piece, the personal brand piece comes in. And yes, the CEO has to come in and say, it still has to make money. It still has to be profitable. It still has to make sense in some way or capacity. And here's where they battle the most in that environment. We always turn away a lot of people for the mastermind, not because we don't like them or anything like that, but because the personal brand, James said, to create a great mastermind, we have to keep it intimate and small. And so the amount of people that apply is always far more than the seats that we have available. 
the CEO would say, there's more people that want to give us money, say yes to them. Mm -hmm. And if it was just the CEO alone saying, we got to increase profit margin, we got to increase sales, then the CEO says yes. But the personal brand side says, at some point in time, there is the law of diminishing returns, that there's too many, that it starts to lose the value, lose the same quality and experience the intimacy, and that might actually cause a decrease of sales in the future. Yeah, it's you almost like I mean? you're looking out for your customers as the personal brand too. It, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so those two kind of go to war together and they, in a, you know, not war, but they, they have a debate <laughs> and there's a compromise. There's a natural tension and a compromise. And so we find what's that sweet spot where we maximize revenue and profit while also protecting the sanctity and the intimacy of that group. And they work together to find that. And we found that, right? And then of course, there is tons of ancillary benefits that we get. Like, you know, it's I always, I always joke with the members, I feel so blessed because they're so amazing in that room that they come and share, you know, here's the latest strategy. And we're like, right. wow, we're not doing that. Like, <laughs> like that's amazing. We're gonna go do that. That's, that's incredible, you know? So we benefit in all these ways. You know, it's great networking for us as well. So it has all these like ancillary benefits, but the CEO still has to be like, is this still making sense? Mm-hmm. And that's where those two battle. It really is like a battle of the heart and the head, you know, in certain yeah. ways. So there's a place for both. Okay. And I think people tip to an extreme of one side. And I think you're in danger if you don't find that balance. You know, screw the numbers. You know, or I hate math. Or I was never good at math. It's yeah. Like, all these stories because yeah. your math teacher shamed you in the second grade or right. whatever it was. Right. But those are just stories. And it's not about knowing math. We all have calculators. Right. Excel so does you, it for you in some cases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's about understanding that I need to measure things. You cannot grow what you don't measure. Right. Period. You know, end of story. So here's some other examples, too. Maybe you've noticed in, you know, 15 years and five, six years with this podcast, I've never written a book. Mm right? You know, personal brands want to do that. And a lot of times they want to do it just for kind of egoish purposes. Like, well, it'll make me stand out more or be seen as more of an authority or all the cool people have a book. But for us, it didn't make sense. Like, well, what's the model behind it? What's it going to do for the business? And how much time is it going to take? Opportunity cost. We look at all of these things And it's always said, no, not right now. Yeah, because I think a lot of people decide they want to do something, but they don't think about how that decision has a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So for example, for the book, it's like, yes, there's time writing the book, but then also how do you then get the book seen after that? Then you're going to go on tour. Like, what are you going to do on a podcast tour? And then that all takes away from other things. What is that doing to generate revenue? You know, like there's not that many people out there that made million dollar businesses with a book. Right. They made it with something that the book launched them into. And until we kind of had something like that figured out, we weren't going to go down that avenue. By the way, side note, this is the first year I might actually put a book or two out there. This first one is about finding a balance. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like this first year, I'm like, this is the first year I was like, wow, I feel like there's enough space where I could take the time and do this from just the personal brand aspect and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And the CEO is like, yes, James, you could. Granted. I'm basically someone with like split personalities just talking to himself in the mirror, like, like Gollum, like, no, it's funny because yes. it's true. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. So yes, I've already written 5,000 words of a, of a like little mini book that I'm mm-hmm. very excited about and uh, more on that in the future. You guys are going to love it. You're going to love it. So 
Also doing branding. We like to joke that in years and millions and millions in revenue, we've only redone the website. This is now the third website in like 12 years. Right. We only just did professional branding for the first time last year. I think I made our logo before. Oh yeah. <laughs> we've like, or something. we've like made our logo and keynote in like five minutes. That's right. good enough. <laughs> great. You know, and that's a great example. And we're going to kind of get into that of like, those were the CEO decisions. Like it's good is good enough. And people kind of go overboard in those. So we're going to, yeah. what we're going to do real quick is to deepen the distinctions between the personal brand and the CEO and understanding that you have both of those roles in your business and we need a healthy version of each. We want to show you what an, a healthy version and an unhealthy version of each looks like. Yeah. And I would say like, I just thought of this, but take a minute after you, or take some time after you listen to this episode and really like start to pay attention to what it is that you're focusing on during the day mm-hmm. and see how much you're spending in each role. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the personal brand. An unhealthy personal brand, like in other words, someone in the personal brand role who is operating in an unhealthy way. And what I mean by unhealthy is ineffective. Mm -hmm. Like it's gonna bite you in the butt. Like you're gonna wake up one day and your CBA is gonna be like, so we have to sit down and have a conversation. (laughs) You know, and I've been there. I've been there. I've told the story a gajillion times where I had made $70,000 in the month of January and my expenses were like 72,000 in one month. Like that's unacceptable. That's ridiculous. And I'm going to get into, especially in the next episode in this series, what I was doing that caused that stupid problem. And it really is. It's it's a, uh, what is the word I'm look, I'm searching for right now? I guess I'll go with the word ignorance. It really is unacceptable because we're just choosing to stay ignorant about certain things in our own business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like living in a house and like having a house, owning a house. And there's just like a bedroom you never go. Oh, we don't go in there. <laughs> That's You mean the room that isn't spoken about? We don't go in there. And like there's a draft coming because there's broken windows in there and it's haunted and a leak. And we just don't go in there. We just close that door mm-hmm. and don't speak of that room. And that's what people are doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter that mold's building up. Exactly. There's There's a vagrant living in the corner. Like, that's the room we don't speak of. And that's how people are approaching your business. So that's what we mean by unhealthy. It's ineffective. It's going to hurt you. It's not aligned with the outcomes that you want. So the unhealthy personal brand is someone who's chasing vanity metrics. You know I hate this stuff. Like, you guys, especially when you kind of come into my world, I just... Oh my goodness. Like so many people are like, if I just reach more people, if I just become more popular, then I'll make more money. I just need the swipe up feature. Right. <laughs> That's what'll fix all my business problems. They're chasing popularity over profit. And I'm here to tell you, it's the booby prize. There are so many people that you have never heard of that have a fraction of the following that are kicking your butt when it comes to making money. There are so many people out there that you have no idea they exist in a niche in a world that you didn't even know is a niche or a world. Without Instagram. That I have like a thousand followers on Instagram and they're making a mil. I just, we just interviewed somebody that's a million dollar a year business and they have like 2,000 followers on Instagram. And you're just chasing that. That's the booby prize. Because we've found all these articles. We put them in our video series last year, our our free training of all these influencers, all these people that are like, look at me, I'm an influencer. Look at me, I live the dream life. And they have millions of followers and they're broke. Mm -hmm. Like they can't sell t-shirts. Right. And they're broke. And that's fine. Like if that's what you want, if your goal is I want to just have a huge platform 
that's fine. It's like, yeah, do you want to just get free stuff or do you want to make your own money and have control of your life? The problem (laughs) for me is, is when you're saying, I want to build a business. I want to generate more money. I want that money to be used to help people to live my best life. And then you don't operate and function like a business owner. That's where we got, like, that's that's why this is called down to business. Mm-hmm. You're talking about building a business. Look at me, I'm a business owner, but you don't have a clue about how to run a business. That's a real problem because that's just not gonna work. It's like saying, I wanna become a professional athlete. I wanna become a professional football player, but ah, I don't need to know how to play the game. That doesn't matter. Rules, irrelevant. There are certain rules on how to play the game. And this is what we're talking about here. So if you're just chasing that, that's not a business. Mm -hmm. Having a million followers on Instagram is not a business, okay? Because we have a lot of people that have that and they don't have a business. They don't have a profit, right? Okay. And here's the thing too, is if you're chasing that as the end goal, it really is the booby prize. It's the siren leading you to certain business death because there is a lot that you can do to increase engagement. So when we get disenchanted, distracted by, seduced by the engagement because it's hitting our brain with all that dopamine and you're getting basically addicted to it, then you start doing things just for that. Mm. Here's how I can get more engagement. Here's how I can be more controversial and and attention and me and yes, finally, they love me. (laughs) And that doesn't pay the bills. I want to be very clear, right? You can be doing those things and have the highest engagement you've ever had, the biggest growth, the most followers, and that you can have all of that with not bringing anyone any closer to wanting to buy from you. The CEO, healthy CEO, knows that things like social media are tools that are meant to bring people closer to being a paid customer. That's what they do. Who is this person? Oh, 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 I like them. I'm building a real, oh my goodness. Oh, and they do that. Yes, yes, yes. And they bring them closer. TLC, this is the model we've been teaching for years. This is everything that our business is based on in terms of our marketing and growth strategy. TLC, yes, your business needs a little tender, loving care. That's what we're gonna really helping you with here. We're giving your business a little TLC. But what I really mean here is traffic leads customers. Ever since I started, and still to this day, that has never changed. Every two months, you hear someone with a new podcast episode or a piece of content saying, online business has changed. And you're like, oh crap, I was just getting it all sorted out. And then they just threw the chessboard up in the air and all the pieces are scattered. It's all changed. No, it's never changed. (laughs) Principles don't change. That's why they're called principles. And this is a principle and a formula that it will always work. TLC, traffic leads customers. This is a sequential order in which we get people into our world to work with us. First, you need traffic. Traffic is about awareness, about finding you. They land on your stuff, whether that's a social media site or a post or a podcast or a YouTube video, whatever. And then they consume that. And some portion of those people will say, I'm more interested in what else this person has. I am more likely than I was earlier to maybe work with this person leads. And then customers is the decision, the action Decision backed by action to invest. Mm -hmm. Sale, client, customer, paid, money, TLC. So social media is a tool that it gets more eyeballs, more traffic designed to get people to be from a traffic to a lead. And yes, you can make sales on social media, right? So if you're just going, 
yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to get engagement. I just want to become popular. Let me give you an example. Great example. If I sell like what I do, like let's say business coaching, and then all of a sudden in my personal life, I get really into cooking, which I'm not into cooking. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all my social becomes, and, and people start, I just do some behind the scenes, like, oh, I'm learning how to cook today. And people kind of like, oh, that's amazing. And then that becomes all, I go, oh, wow, they like it. I'll do more cooking. You know, screw it. All I'm going to talk about is cooking. And then again, this is simplistic examples to prove points. And then all I do is talk about cooking and then look at what I'm doing today and look at my meal, blah, 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 blah. What does that do to get people closer to wanting to invest in my business coaching? Now, people make the argument and say, but James, they're building a relationship with you and a connection and, and people, absolutely, people need that connection relationship. That's why you'll see me sharing my life on social media, but where's the piece that says, here's why you need to, people aren't just going to give you money just because they have a connection with you. I really like this person. You really like your friends and family, but do you just fork over money to them? No, there has to be another piece, which is this person has the authority, the expertise and the experience and the wisdom to solve a problem that I currently have. So we need the connection a hundred percent, but we need to be seen as you, as I'm talking to you, you need to be seen as the perceived, the authority that can solve the problem that they have. If your audience doesn't see you as that, they're not gonna buy from you no matter how much of a connection you ha they have with you. Wow, I feel like you're my family, you're my brother, you're my sister. That's amazing. But that is not the only ingredient required for sales. I almost think that like you would get more momentum and traction with your audience if you stay true to your personal brand and your CEO self, because say you're a personal brand who has an unhealthy relationship with the CEO version of yourself, then maybe you don't have profit. And so then maybe you're just chasing different ways to make money online. So you have this big following, but you're just mm. constantly talking about all these random different things because you I need to get paid. Yep. Yeah. And then, so then you just have a bunch of random people following you that aren't actually following you. They might leave because they don't want to hear you talk about, mm -hmm. you know, meal replacement shakes that day. You know right. what I mean? Right. I mean, I think this is a really huge conversation and I just want to, I want to prove further that it is more than just connection because we've had over the years, we've had different offers mm -hmm. and some of those offers do better than others, but the connection and relationship is the same. So just think about that for a moment. If you, if you're only relying on how do I be cool and authentic, which by the way, trying to be authentic to build an audience is just about the most unauthentic thing that you could ever do in your life. So just chew on that for a moment. Look at me. You love me. I'm awesome. That's great. But if I have that relationship and connection with my audience and I have two offers and one does really well and one does really bad, but the constant in that equation was the connection. How come one did well and one did bad? And that's what people are relying too much. I don't understand. They should love me because I'm so vulnerable. I don't get it. They should just love me and buy from me because I, I share so much. No, it's not the only ingredient. You don't make a perfect apple pie with just apples. There's other ingredients that come into play. And the CEO side knows that tools like social media are designed to get people closer to the sale. And if you're just saying, well, no, 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 I just want connection and engagement, that's great. 
but that doesn't guarantee that it's going to get people close to the sale. I hope this is coming across. This mm -hmm. is like such important stuff because I don't want you just, I don't get it. I'm on social media 10 hours a day. I answer every DM. I answer every comment and still I'm not making money. Now you are looking at the reason why. And this should be making a lot of sense to you guys. Okay. You know, because you can't cash your likes and your followers. You can't pay your bills with engagement. Okay. So let's now talk about the unhealthy CEO. Okay. Because people kind of put their own judgment labels like, oh, that's, I'm, they're bad or that's greedy. No, it's about having a healthy personal brand and a healthy CEO that you step into. The unhealthy CEO would be someone that's like totally focused solely on money, profit, like a robot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's no brand. The brand is in the way. There's no emotion. There's no special experience. There's no connection. There's no caring. There's no, it's just purely transactional. Right. That's why we created these two because they come together and they create a beautiful blend and a, and a compromise. Okay. So that's really what an unhealthy, it's, it's purely profit. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't care if our customers have an awful experience because we got their money. Like, and yeah, those people exist. That happens and it is what it is. But that's what an unhealthy version, a healthy version wouldn't look like that, you know? Right. And we've seen people kind of like go back and forth. Maybe they focused on the personal brand for a while and that kind of worked. And then they switched over to the CEO for a while. And then they come back and they're like, man, I really just miss like connecting with my customers or yeah. building that relationship yeah. or just, you know, not thinking of them like numbers, but they're real humans. Absolutely. So you got to find that balance, right? Mm -hmm. So here's how they work together synergistically. The personal brand, I mean, it's just like they can both agree on a few things. This is great. <laughs> the personal brand knows that the more customers that come in, the more lives are going to change. The more transactions, the more transformations. The CEO knows that the more customers that come in, the more healthy the business is going to be, the more sales, the more profit. And with the more sales and profit, the more that can go back into the business to grow the business. And then back to the personal brand, the more the business grows, the more impact and transformations can be had. They can both agree on these things. They both want the same thing. But if your personal brand, your inner personal brand and your inner CEO are at war with each other, you both lose. So they both want the same thing. They both have slightly different ways to get there, but they both want the same thing. And when you can find that middle ground, that, I don't know if it's a compromise, but that, that agreement between the two, things will start to work a lot better for you. Okay? Yeah. It's like the healthy blend within the diagram, the two circles, like the part in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the Venn diagram Thank but you. with yes. two, with two circles, the personal brand must focus on putting more people into the environment that causes change, growth, learning, transformation, and solutions, right? The CEO must focus on increasing those transactions while decreasing expenses that don't hinder other transactions. And in another episode, I think our next one, we're gonna talk about expenses. This is a big one, because the CEO knows that there's actually what we call ROI expenses, expenses that will actually help you increase sales. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to catalog these different expenses, you might be trying to cut certain expenses that you should actually be trying to increase. And the CEO is the person that knows the difference between those two. 
So here really becomes a question that ties the two roles together. How do you maximize transformations while continuing to minimize costs without sacrificing transformations? Mm. And finding that, that's really the guiding question that unites these two roles together. Now, by and large, what it starts with to keep things really simple, everything that we teach starts with an offer. Why? Because you're not in business until you make money. And you don't make money until a sale is made. And the way you make the sale is through a great offer. That is the quid pro quo. I've got this in exchange for that. So you don't have an irresistible offer. You're not making money, not making money. You're not growing the business. You're not doing anything. So it really becomes so much of the nucleus of the business. But another piece of that that is rarely talked about that we love to emphasize is understanding the model. You need to be looking not just at, okay, what do you know, what's the offer? Or, okay, I need an offer, but the model. The model is like the type of machine that you're building. And certain machines are more efficient, more effective than others. Some machines produce more output. Some machines require more input, more effort, more time, more work. Some machines or models require you to work just as much as how much you'd like to make. While some don't. Yeah. I think there's some machines built for short term and some machines built for long term. Absolutely. Some that are conducive to scaling and some that keep you on a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. So if you're not looking at the model and thinking through that, then you're stuck in the personal brand. What do I want to create? What am I here to do? These are all great questions, but those are just personal brand. What's my passion? Okay. You know, that's why you always hear two sides of like some people saying those are great questions asked and some people saying those are bad questions asked. No, it's not good or bad. It's those are the questions that the personal brand needs to ask. And then we have questions that the CEO needs to ask. And chances are wherever you're at, most of you listening have a healthy one of these roles and an unhealthy in the other role. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's why something isn't working. So yes, what are we here to do? What is my purpose? What do I most passionate and excited about? But then the CEO has to ask those questions like, okay, What's the way that we can do this that minimizes time, costs, expenses in the most efficient, leveraged way? That's a smart CEO asking those questions. So you could be asking, I need 10K. How do I do that? How do I make 10K, right? And you could come up with an answer that is not coming from a very healthy CEO standpoint. Well, I'll just sell a bunch of coaching at like $50 a session and however that adds up to. And that's a lot of coaching, a lot of hours and a lot of work. And then you're doing all that work and then you run out of the 10K and you got to go work again to go make another 10K. Versus a smart CEO looking at the model going, how can I create something once that's leveraged that can produce 10K or 10K a month or 10K on autopilot? That's a very different way of looking at it. And that brings the model conversation into it. What type of model am I creating? All money and revenue isn't created the same, Mm. you know? 100K that took 100,000 hours for you to produce is a lot different than 10K that took 10 minutes to produce. Yeah, or even that's going to cause a headache on the back end. Exactly. Like 50 customers at $50 an hour, but you're not thinking about all the scheduling involved, all the emails, everything like that. And that that brings it. So the model, that brings in the conversation on opportunity cost, Mm -hmm. understanding everything you say yes to is a no somewhere else. Yeah, and if you have a team, what is it gonna take from your team and what is it gonna take your team away from? Absolutely. The personal brand person in this role does not concern themselves with these serious issues. 
This is where people get burnt out. This is where people get things where they say, it feels so heavy. It's because the CEO side didn't really take into account how do we do this smartly (laughs) in an efficient, effective, sustainable leverage manner. And you have to have both of these, okay? So you have to start playing with the numbers. Well, I'm not a math person. Then don't be in business. Stop it because business is about numbers. You cannot grow what you cannot measure. So you have to play through numbers. Okay, let's say we did this and conservatively, we sell it at this price to this amount of people. How many hours is it gonna take for me and how much money is that gonna do and what what kind of rough expenses? You have to play those scenarios out. That's what a smart CEO is doing. And you do it and you get to the end and you go, oh my gosh, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort for like four grand. Right. Is that worth it? I don't know. So like, for example, I always love to use a mastermind because it is a great example of like what the CEO would say no to, but we say yes to it and then we still make it work. You know, financially it makes sense. But let's say you go, okay, I'm going to do a mastermind like James, but I'm going to start my mastermind at $5,000 and it's 12 months and I'm going to have 10 people in there. So I'm going to make 50. Wow. And then people come around and they're like, I just made 50 grand in three days. Okay. And so what they're realizing is they're saying, wow, I have a higher ticket program. It's something people really want and I sold it really fast and I made 50 grand. But then they go, oh crap, I have a year with these clients. I have to get venues and venues are expensive and they're gonna need food. Okay, let's say I could keep like, make it five grand expenses for each, which is like way too cheap, right? Yeah. That's, that's gonna be more than that. And then, okay, so I gotta take 15, so puts that's a 35. And then we go, okay, but then it's like, those are my days and my time. And right. if you, you got to know how much an hour of your time is worth. So I'm going to be at these events three days, three times a year. Set up, tear down. Set up, tear down. But then I have employees that are going to be working on that too. Mm-hmm. And then I have monthly calls with them. Mm-hmm. And then of course, so that's kind of where people stop. And they're like, Let's, okay, like at the end of the day, and most people just don't work through these numbers. Maybe if I'm lucky, this, this thing made 10 grand. But over a whole year, this thing made 10 grand in profit. But here's the last piece, the opportunity cost, all the work and all the effort for that project. What did that take you away from? What did you have to say no to? What did you have less energy, focus, and magic power? Because you put it to this lowest revenue generating activity. Mm-hmm. And people aren't thinking through these things. They just go and they get, it's this untrained intuition. It's this just, you know, unleashed, unleash is a good word, but sloppy, untrained, emotional. This is what I'm excited about in the moment. That's great. Now you need some discipline. You need some maturity to that. You need to say, I'm really excited. This feels really good. Let's run the numbers. Mm -hmm. Let's walk this through because there's a lot of people that get excited about one something one day and they're over it the next. But you can't be over it because you just signed up clients for a whole year and now you're locked in. You gotta deal with your untrained emotional feelings. You know what I mean? These are so important that we're talking about these things and people don't talk about these things, mm-hmm. okay? So you gotta look at things like that. So here's some questions when you have that idea. You wanna do like this. You say, I had an idea for a product, blah, 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 blah. You wanna start with this line of questioning. So you're gonna wanna write these down and use this every time you have one of those light bulbs come off. Bing, great idea. By the way, we're gonna say this in another episode. 
sideline entrepreneurs, that's why I call them, people that like do all the learnings but don't actually get in the game and play the game. Sideline entrepreneurs have this silly belief that great ideas are rare. Mm -hmm. Trained, veteran, seasoned entrepreneurs know that the opposite is true. Ideas, opportunities, and ways to make money is everywhere. And the real secret is about the discipline of saying no and staying focused. Mm -hmm. Every yes is a no somewhere else. Make the most by doing the least. So when you have that idea, the first question you want to ask is, if this were a home run success, what type of revenue and sales would it generate? And then you want to do the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, if this kind of fails, what could it still generate? If it's pretty bad, but still does something, what would that? Now what you're going to have is the best possible revenue and the lowest possible revenue. And that's your range to work from. Then you want to go through a line of questions. How much money is it going to cost? How much money expenses is it going to cost to make this happen? You got to work those numbers out. How much time is this going to take from me, from the team? And knowing how much an hour of your time is worth is very important in this case, right? Is this something I can use again and again? Is there room for growth, scalability, right? And what are the opportunity costs? What am I going to be saying no to, right? When I say yes to this and something with me, and I've talked about this a lot before is I only focus on leveraged activities. Mm -hmm. And what that means is I'm not going to do something that I can't use again and again. So like this episode, the podcast, this stays live for years. People will listen to this episode years later and it will still be relevant. We have the content of this that's used in our email autoresponders. We reference it in our programs. We put it on social media. Record video for additional social media. For YouTube. For YouTube. Yep. I mean, it lives on and on. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to do something that it's like, well, I can't ever use that again. So I focus on leverage activities. I'm smart with my time like that, right? Okay, so that's a little quick process that you wanna look through before you start saying yes to anything. And that's what the CEO is gonna do. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna do like two more things before we wrap up this episode because we laid a lot on you today, but it's so important. The first is I just made a list of some like quick bullet points that we wanna go through that will help you with this. First off, we run our business in 90-day cycles which means you can be generating revenue every 90 days. And yes, your first 90 days in business, you can be making money. If you've been telling yourself that you can't, you don't know what you're talking about. If someone has told you you can't, they don't know what they're talking about. Stop operating from beliefs of safety that keep you in your little comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You can make money in your first 90 days of business and you should. And notice if you're not, it's because you're just trying to stay safe and comfortable. As you're a, building your personal brand. Right. Let yeah. me get my logo right. and my pictures and my website. Those are all safety things, okay, that are just keeping you safe and don't make you money. Mm -hmm. And you have to focus on money first if you want to stay alive. As a digital business that's doing coaching, content, teaching, whatever, there is absolutely, and I love you, it's just coming from wanting to save you and fight for you and sometimes you know, a little tough love is what's going to be needed. There's absolutely no excuse that you aren't profitable and it's on you. The buck stops with you always. If you're blaming someone else while your business isn't profitable, then you're going to continue to not be profitable because what you're saying is that you don't have the personal power to run your business. Yeah. And not taking hundred percent responsibility for your profit in your business is going to be a lesson you continue to be served until you learn 
and fix that problem. Absolutely. Because no one's fixing it for you. And if you keep throwing money at people to fix that problem for you, that's where your profit's going is throwing money to solve problems that doesn't solve the problem except creates a new one, which is a profit problem. Here's a great example I see all the time. Yeah. Hiring an expensive Facebook ads manager, but then blaming the Facebook ad manager when things don't make money, when you don't even know how to read metrics. Exactly. So I don't get it. I paid him to get me all, all this traffic, but your ads didn't convert to leads and your content didn't convert to sales. And then you blame your Facebook ads manager when all they did was manage Facebook ads. They're not in charge of your branding, your copy, your messaging, or your offer. Right. They published the content you gave them. Exactly. Not your strategy, all that stuff. Like that still falls on you. Mm -hmm. And these things you got to get under control if you want a business. If you're like, I don't want to deal with this stuff, then stop playing business owner. Right. It's like you want to run Facebook ads, but you don't want to understand what the data means. That's going to be a big problem. And it doesn't need to be scary math. You don't need to be no, in the Facebook ads manager, know. but it's important to know what yeah. cost per lead and we're, is. We talk about this in the next episode. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't worry, we're going to get there. And this is because we want to help you with this. But if for some reason you didn't make the money you wanted to make, your business isn't at the 30 to 40 or percent profit margin, which we're going to talk about that in just a second, and you want to ignore these things, now you know why the problem is happening because you're choosing to not make this important. Mm-hmm. We are telling you this is important. I've, I've said from day one, I don't share things that I don't think are absolutely important and relevant for my entrepreneurial friends that I want to succeed. I want you to succeed, right? So I was profitable and sustainable at 100K business. I lived on my own in New York City. New York City is expensive to live. I had a 20-something dollar an hour assistant. I had my virtual team and we were profitable. I was paying myself. So, you know, it wasn't the most money in the world, but it was livable. I could do that. And then I grew and that was only a year. It was like, uh, you know, once I struggled with nothing, I got to a hundred and then the next year was 200 and then it was 300 and then it was things exploded. Right. But we're going to talk about this next episode, but if you just think more money is going to solve your profit problems, it won't. Mm -hmm. You cannot fill a leaky bucket with more water and solve your leaking problem. Okay. That's what next episode is all about. There was a time I wasn't making a profit. Okay, I told, I've told the story. I told it on this episode about losing more money in one month than we made in one of our biggest months. So I've been there. I've gone through that and I see all the errors of my ways. And I'm telling you, I, I see people all the time that are making the same mistakes. Let my stupidity, let my ignorance, let my mistakes be your guide so you can avoid these. You don't have to make the mistakes I made. You don't have to do the stupid stuff I was doing you can avoid all of that. But step one of this is you have to intently care about all this. You have to put it in the forefront of your mind and not put it in the closet or that creepy room that you want to shut off and pretend is not part of your house. <laughs> That's just not going to work because eventually that room is going to get bigger and louder until it gets your attention. And you don't want it to have to get your attention because that means there's a big problem on your hands. So, we believe a healthy digital product business. Now, this is going to be so different. And so it's just a guideline really should be a 30 to 50% profit margin. And we're going to get into this a bit in the next episode because there's a lot of different ways that you can measure profit margin. Like if you're paying yourself, you could argue that like that's taken, like that's not eating into your profits because that still goes to you. There's a lot of things you can do in our businesses that allow you to write off great things that you would have just purchased from your personal, but the business makes it a write-off. For example, a really cool video camera or a really cool drone, 
we use those things in our business and I use them in my personal life too. And that's one of the beautiful things about a business is this is, I'm not here to teach you anything. So I'm not uh, legally or CPA or any of that type of stuff, but you can go, go look into these things. And I'm not offering advice in this realm because I'm not certified in any of that capacity. There's all my little stupid disclaimers here. But there's a lot of things that is a benefit for us as business owners that we can say, this is this thing I want and I can write it off because it's a actual business expense. And a drone, a really cool brand new drone is a great example of that. And you'll see all our promotional videos and stuff uses a drone. And then sometimes I use it for fun. You know what I mean? So are you counting those? You know what I mean? Like if you just got something really cool for yourself that you're able to label as a business expense, there is one challenged question that we could ask is how much is that really, is that really an expense versus part of your profit? You know what I mean? And so there's what the government sees, there's what your CPA catalogs, and then there's like another way, which is for you to measure your true health of the business. And we're going to get into a few of these things in the next episode, but I really would like to see everyone at a 30 all the way up to 50% profit margin. If you're seeing more than that, the first thing I'm going to say is then spend more money on your marketing. We catalog an expense we'll talk about in the next episode called ROI expenses, which is like the more you spend of this, the more you can make if done right. Mm -hmm. So if you are higher than that, then you need to put more into your marketing budget. You need to be doing more to buying, you know, traffic, basically leads you know, bigger audience. So we do have an episode on increasing scales. We have an episode on decreasing expenses and how we were doing really stupid stuff years ago, like before Jilly, that was really eating into the profit margin. And chances are you're doing at least one of those things. So here's something else too. I started doing this a long time ago when I realized, whoa, I have a profit problem. What am I doing today to to make money? And having someone on the team, if not you, saying, and what are we doing today to save money? So what am I doing to make money puts your focus first and foremost on making more. We had a client we just talked to as a next level member and she went from 10,000 to $120,000 in one year. And you know what she said shifted? She said, when you were coaching me and you were talking about on one of the next level calls that it's absolutely irresponsible to not be focused on making sales as your number one priority in the business. Mm. And she just went out there and every day started saying, what am I doing today to generate revenue? And she realized she wasn't selling, she was afraid to sell. And so she just focused on selling first and she went from $10,000 to 120 in one year. That's over 10X, the business. It's unbelievable because she just focused on sales, like nothing else changed. It's not even like, well, this stuff, like, just focus on mindset. Like, look, all that stuff's important. And you can focus on mindset all day and never sell anything and your bank account isn't going to change very much. And right. I see that all the time that was one of the biggest profit threats is just not having a revenue generating activity for a quarter. Right. <laughs> and just and like say that you're building things or fixing yeah, things. Yeah. And we do. No. We push people like a lot of people when they come coaches, it's like, that's like one of the first things you say is you got to have a revenue generating activity every 90 days. Mm -hmm. And people say like, I don't think I'm ready for that. I'm just going to focus on audience growth this quarter. Right. And I think that's stupid because you could be like what I was saying earlier about the, the booby prize. You could be just growing an audience that isn't growing people that are interested in your stuff. So what good would it do to have 10,000 people that are not at all interested in the stuff that you sell? It, do, it does nothing for you except vanity. Oh, look how big my list is. Who cares? Who cares if they're not the right list? Who cares how big they are? <laughs> you have to get these things locked in and figured out because this is how CEOs think. And it's just going to be a more frustrating experience for you down the line. The bigger your audience gets with mm -hmm. less and less buyers, you're going to be more frustrated. Like what's not working? Cause it's going to be, you know, more diluted. Absolutely. So the biggest takeaway first and foremost of this episode is 
to start this series off on the right foot of down to business. Pretend we're sitting right next to you and we've just lifted the hood to your business machine and we're looking under the hood. What is it that we see? And we need to get to work making this the most efficient, fastest, effective, powerful machine that we absolutely can. And just doing pretty photos or trying to be authentic and whatnot on Instagram has nothing to do with the machine that you're building. I'm sorry, it's not. And so that's what we wanna talk about. And first and foremost, it's understanding these two roles that you will most likely play yourself, the CEO and the personal brand, and finding how those two roles will work together. Begin to notice where are you lacking in one? Do you have an unhealthy CEO or do you have an unhealthy personal brand? We have a lot of people that are really great business owners and they have like they suck at their own presence. We didn't mm-hmm. talk too much about that. They really suck about putting themselves out there, but they're really good when it comes to business acumen of things. Both of them need to be healthy. Okay. And so we talked a lot about all of that type of stuff and beginning to get you to be a little bit more mindful of what you should be focusing on. In the next episode, we're going to start looking at ways that expenses creep up and how we look at expenses differently and understanding that in the very simple effort of increasing profit margin. But I want to leave you today with a few of the biggest profit threats that you can start thinking about now before we move on to next week's episode. Here's the biggest profit threat. Most people are doing this. They throw money at the problems they don't want to face. Where are you already throwing money at stuff that you just don't want to deal with? Here, you figure it out. Here, you fix it. Okay? You're just creating another problem. Mm-hmm. And you didn't solve that original problem. Tell me how that works out for you, okay? Part of that, but I'm going to create it as a separate thing, is what we've mentioned today. Not looking at your numbers. We have 90-day goals. We have 90-day revenue-generating goals every 90 days. And we only today, this is a great tip, Because we run the business that way, you don't have to run it that way. But if you're not making money in 90 days, if you don't have a plan to have money in your bank account in 90 days, then you're going to have a much bigger problem. If you're going 90 days with zero money, are you kidding me? You got into business yourself to work for free? Yeah. Like, what's the matter with you? So today we only check our P&Ls. We have a monthly P&L, but I had to refuse to look at it. We only look at them every 90 days. Why? Because usually the two out of those three months are expense-driven months as a ramp up, paid ads, paying the people to build the things that are going to produce the revenue usually in the third month. So it's a much more accurate picture for us to look at P&Ls after a 90-day segment because it includes the full picture. That was a lesson I learned the hard way. I'd, I'd look at two months of P&Ls like, we lost money. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, we lost money again. And then all of a sudden the third month, oh, wow, <laughs> damn. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, we look at it like that. Another big profit expense. You want to start looking at the stuff that you are paying for that doesn't directly make you money when you're getting started. The safety expenses, the stuff that keeps you safe. Like, I need better branding. I need a better photo shoot. I need a $10,000. I've heard of people that just dropped all the money they had on a $10,000 website. Yeah. Like, websites don't make you money. What are you doing? Especially a homepage or an about me page. Look at my about me page. Oh, here, here's my money. Logos, overpriced freelancers that are promising you the world. I'm sorry, and I love you all so much because I'm probably talking to some that are here, but I won't trust a freelancer as far as I can throw them. The more they come in and say they can promise you the world, like we build out your entire funnel, we'll build you a million dollar funnel, and we will we'll fix your business and we'll do all this type of stuff. We have a very different philosophy, and I hope by this point you've been listening to us, like we have the track record and proof because what we help, especially in the mastermind level, is clean up a lot of people's businesses. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people are doing is their whole business is dependent on a freelancer or the hopes and prayers of what a freelancer is offering. And 
we are all about in-house. Mm-hmm. So someone comes and, and that's the thing is so much of this, this type of business is marketing driven. Your business needs to be great at marketing and sales. Otherwise you are dead in the water. And if you're outsourcing all that to some super overpriced freelancer that you can't afford with hopes and promises that they'll magically, you know, build your business for you, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, because it, just as because they were good at marketing their own stuff doesn't mean they're going to be good at marketing your stuff. Exactly. And you know your stuff so much better than they do. They don't know your content. They don't know your brand. They can't tune into the energy and the vibe that you put out there. And to just be like, oh, yes, they're just going to build me a funnel. Oh, yes, they're just going to do all this stuff for me. And I'm not going to look at it, touch it, or be involved in it. If it sounds too good to be true, nine, and it's not 100%. I know there's people out there that have done great things, but... Nine times out of 10, it is too good to be true. Yeah. And then another thing you're probably not considering is then you're running your business on someone else's schedule and availability versus yours. Right. So say your favorite freelancer who runs your launches is working on another launch during the perfect you're launch the season whims for you. Of their, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're living by their schedule. You right. live and die by their schedule. And then when they leave and you're like, what were they doing that made us money? You're right, right back where you were. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we said as a business machine, as an organization, we need to know great copy. We need to know great messaging. We need to have great marketing. We need to have great sales processes and they need to be within the organization. That way we can take that wherever we go. And instead of depending on a freelancer to provide all that for us and wasting all that money. I think one last thing I think we can lump into this category is you know, paying for stuff that doesn't actually make you money when you're first getting started is just collecting all these online courses that you're just learning, 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 but never actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's, we're going to talk about a few things there because I also think one of the biggest profit threats is the I'll figure it out DIY approach. Mm -hmm. So if you're just trying to do it yourself, you're wasting so much time. Like just go to somebody that has done it and learn it and go. I will never do anything again in my life by the figured out myself approach. In fact, when I go to other niches, like how to build a camper van or how to do an Airbnb, I actually get frustrated because it's, I'm not finding enough high level coaching or programs for me. And it's like, can you create a course? Like, can I just hire you? Like, please, like, how do I learn this faster from you in a paid format? And that's why I I grow and go faster than most. So the do it yourself approach and the figured out myself approach, because I don't have the money, is absolutely a profit threat because you're making more mistakes and taking more time and time in, in one perspective is money. It's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. So the other side of it, what Jilly is talking about, is if you're buying a bunch of stuff and not doing with it, it is totally a waste of money. And a lot of people are still in that mentality. Which if I buy this, it'll automatically make me successful or special or whatever. So you got to be careful with that. Okay. But really, the CEO knows that getting the coach they need, the training they need is the best investment you can make because that education and that growth you take with you wherever you go. And our philosophy is very simple. We prove it every day and our clients further demonstrate it. Your business growth starts with your own personal growth. So you want to grow the business, we have to grow you. And some of the things we're talking about, you might think is just about growing the business, but no, it's about how do you become that CEO that looks at these things and knows that they're important because they are. Okay. So whew, this was a lot and it was intense mm-hmm. and you guys have been amazing. And especially if you've made it this far, then I commend you because it's not just about some like how to turn my iPhone into a ATM kind of thing, but this is how to build a real business. We're starting this conversation. We have a lot more to, we want to cover with you all about how to get down to business. And in the next episode, we're going to have a conversation around expenses. Okay. And if I'm just going to say this, 
if you are resistant to this, if you are like, if you're like, oh, I don't know, not excited, which I'll tell you, I'll share with you at some point the stats and how many people listen to that episode. Yeah. And you'll see it's lower than the ones that are like, how to make more money today. And that just shows where most people at and one of the reasons why most people aren't successful. But notice if you're resistant to that. Notice if you don't wanna listen to that and recognize that if there is resistance at all, that that's part of the problem. You're resistant to it, talking about it in an episode, you're resistant to it in your business. You don't wanna deal with it. You don't wanna look at it. You don't wanna face it. And that problem's gonna get worse because first God throws a pebble. And if you're not paying attention, he throws a rock and then what happens? He throws a big ass boulder <laughs> and you don't wanna wait until the big boulder squashes you. So if you are resisting it, even just a smidge, you gotta be here and listen to this episode because it's needed, all right? So thank you so much for listening. Jillian, any final words? No, we're just excited for you to stay tuned and continue taking action every week in between episodes on what you've learned and keep us posted. Yeah, all right, you guys, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hi, James here, and thank you so much for tuning into our very special Down to Business series that we've created for you. And I think the fact that you've made it here to the end means that you're the type of business owner and entrepreneur that knows just how important these topics are to actually running a successful business like an actual business. And I wanted to help you with that. One of the many things that I've learned and discovered over the years as a tool that has allowed my team and I to perform at higher and higher levels is something called a scorecard. You see, when every member on your team owns a very specific metric and you track that metric every week, you're going to see your performance naturally increase. And although this may overwhelm some entrepreneurs at first, what metrics do we record and how do we record them? We wanted to make it easier for you. So I've got a very special gift. When you opt in for my little special freebie at jameswedmore.com forward slash scorecard, I am going to give you absolutely free a scorecard template that you can immediately plug and play into your business. Plus, as an example, you're going to learn from the exact scorecard that I use in my own business to run our eight figure company. This is a plug and play pre-made tool that you can immediately go to work and use in your business, even if you only have one additional team member part-time working for you. Implement this now. Do not wait. It is that valuable. Head on over to jameswoodmore.com forward slash scorecard to get your free scorecard template right now. Hey, it's James here. And if you're like me, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all the new content that you're learning on a weekly basis, especially when you have someone like me who's producing at least an hour on the podcast every week. That's why I want to invite you to tune in and re-listen to some of the best segments and highlights of our show over on YouTube. When you visit jameswedmore.tv, you'll get a series of weekly uploaded YouTube videos highlighting the best parts of our show so you can go back and re-listen to the parts that are gonna make the biggest difference for you. That's jameswedmore.tv. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you over there. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think 
act and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be. So you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.